Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Frejo. Uh, Apollo is not able to make it today. He put his car in a ditch. So as he fishes himself out of that ditch, I will be covering this morning's episode. So right now the establishment is is mocking you. They're laughing at you and they don't care to hide it. They never did. But at this point, as all of the cards are in their favor against the American people, they do not care to hide their ill intent against us. And so the White House Correspondents' Dinner assembled a few days ago, and it's about as something, something about as useful as, say, the Grammys or the Oscars, in which no one cares to hear what these people have to say, yet they, they, they conduct themselves with a sense of, 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 of relation to the people and that they, they are there to represent the people where they're really just there to make a mockery of the damage they have done to the people. And Mr. Producer, I don't know if you remember, but Ricky Gervais a long time ago had gone off on, I believe it was the Grammys or, or the Emmys and, and, and had roasted most of the people in attendance and they decided that that wasn't a good look for them. So they'd come back with, you know, characters or front men that uh, carry the Hollywood establishment uh, elitist po political narrative a little bit better. And so this year they decided they'd have Trevor Noah, who is a, a clown in his own sense, but he, he, hit, he hits on some pretty direct things at the correspondence dinner. Uh, he didn't really spare anyone in the room. And I found it interesting yet, even being called out on these these, these very, very hideous things, they still, they still laugh. They still laugh and make, make a mockery of all of us. So A1, a Mr. Producer, this is uh, Trevor Noah actually calling out everyone in the room about Jeffrey Epstein's island. And they laugh. It's all part of their routine. A1. Window table. Very classy. Very classy. But man, what a room this is, huh? Look at this room. Everyone is here tonight. We've got politicians, huh? we've got the media, we've got celebrities, basically anyone who's been to Jeffrey Epstein's island. This is an exclusive event. In fact, coming in... Fantastic. Laughing right in front of us, making a mockery right in front of us. Notice none of them are wearing masks. None of them are wearing masks. They get to go about their gala, do their dance. We pay for it. Every single dollar for that dinner comes from us. And then they make a mockery of us even to the point where Biden shares in a laugh with Trevor Noah, a two Mr. Producer, about the current state of the economy, the current state of the country, and they, they act with impunity. They act as if they don't have anything 
any, any responsibilities to us that they can hire a comedian to make it public the mockery that they uh, they are enjoying of the the ill ill fate of the American people under the current regime. A two, please. I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, <laughs> everything. No, it really has been a tough first year for you, Mr. President. Direct spit into the face of the American people. But why do they care? They've been in power for three or four decades. Everything they've tried against us, they've gotten away with. And why wouldn't they keep doing it? And now, as we head into summer, A3, Mr. Producer, irrelevant people come back to claim their relevance. Kind of like Dr. Fauci, a man that has lost all credibility in all of his claims and all of his directives, yet they still grasp and hang on like leeches to remain relevant. And so Deborah Burks, uh, hold on, just pulled up multiple windows. No, we lost you, Jake. I think you muted yourself. No, I, I pulled up multiple windows and I had a bit of a panic attack that they'd all start playing. So A3, A uh, please. This is Deborah. Uh, did it again. One sec. We've had some tech issues today, so we're working on them. Our apologies. Okay, A3. U.S. should prepare for predictable southern summer surge of COVID-19, Burke says. So they're coming back at us again as we're walking into, you know, remember the winter of death, the winter of destru destruction never really came about. More Americans have died in total from health-related issues. 90% uh, of the American public or the youth population believes that there is a huge mental health crisis coming out of all of this, and I agree. You know, you have you have the most formative years of, of a child or young adult's upbringing being commandeered by a bunch of radicals and destroying every part of those formative years. And, and now, now we need to be wary again. But it happens to be that it's a midterm year, right? It's just a midterm year. The first year or the first theft in 2020, everything we saw even until now was to take over 2020. So what are we in store for? What are we in store for to face with the establishment wanting to maintain power? I've said it many times and I'll say it again, that the establishment that stole the thing in the first place, stealing something's easy. Avoiding avoiding the consequences of the theft is another, right? You steal you steal a, an expensive watch, you have that watch, but good luck trying to sell it. Someone that owned that watch is probably going to put up a wanted poster. Someone's going to try to find out who you were and what and, and where you took it. And so 2022, I'll stick to this assessment, that 2022 is going to be a battleground year of the thief trying to hold on to what they stole at all costs. And I know from a, a financial angle that that's really i think the go-to moment here that they are going to use is that they're going to push the american consumer into a place of complete financial instability and discomfort right if, if a family of four is questioning whether or not they're going to fill their car up or feed their kids 
there's not really much that that individual can pay attention to on, on, on a larger scale, whether it's politically, it, it is pushing an entire generation into a fight or flight mentality to neglect, neglect to see the, the smaller things that are being done to them. So one of, one of the frightening realities that hasn't even been being covered is if, if you look to the history of 2008 and how the entire world economy melted down, there were plenty of warning signs. But this time around, the entire economy is being bolstered by this dawn of, 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 of media, of, of news coverage, of controlled news coverage. 2008 snuck up and, and happened. This time around, it's right in front of us. It's, it's already happened, but they just keep polishing it for something that it's not. So something really that I've, I've tried to voice over the past six months to the audience is, uh, Mr. Producer, we pull up A4. This is a frightening article in Benzinga, which is a pretty neutral financial outlet. But California's pension fund saw $700 million go up in smoke following earnings triggered sell-off in Netflix. That's a $400 billion fund. So they lost... They lost close to a billion dollars in a 24-hour time frame on stock value. So to boil it down, I, I've called this for months, is that the same people in power, the same people that have been trying to control everything about our life, have been doing so because their empire has been dying. And a dying empire must be preserved, or the people in power, well, they lose their power, they lose their throne. And in, in the context of history... Many times it hasn't ended well for the people in power because at the end of the day, the individual gets exposed for what they have done to the people. Mr. Producer, do you do you recall what happened to Marie Antoinette and Louis the Thirteenth? Uh, I don't think she fared off too well. They kind of lost their heads, and there's a lot more people uh, complicit in this in this abuse of the American public. So. Going back to the Netflix pension fund, CalPERS is the, the, the pension fund run in California for anyone that worked for, say, a bus driver, a police officer, anyone that put in time and paid their dues to a job that was government-related, not necessarily just government-related, but it's heavily, uh, a heavily invested fund by government employees, is vaporizing. It's collapsing. Now, you have the entire tech structure, the, the, the entire tech oligarchy that is worth billions of dollars that has been selling this narrative that tech is the future. You know, whether it's anything relating to the metaverse, anything relating to digital ideas, they're not telling us that it's a necessity because... It's something we can't live without. We've lived without technology for millennia. And so this time around, they're telling us this and they're forcing it to us because their wallet depends on it. They over, you know, they over, they over cooked for the party. There's way too much food on the table and now they need people to eat it. And that is the tech dilemma that I'd say COVID is 
possibly secondary to it. COVID was more of an enforcing measure to make sure technology remained relevant to the American consumer and to the worldwide consumer, to the global consumer. So my, my real concern is to anyone in the audience that's been pushing money aside into pension funds, I, I, I would go and check to see where those funds have put the money. Now, in 2008, many of those funds, many of those same retirement funds had put their money into mortgage-backed securities, which ended up becoming the catalyst of the economic meltdown following 2008 with the housing crash. So this time around, I think they've done it with tech. They've done it with tech and commercial real estate, and the establishment has waged a war against small businesses with the goal of tech swallowing them up. And to some degree, they had success, but now they're in a very difficult spot because it's tapped out. It's, it's, it's hit its peak and it's come down hard. And so to anyone that does have money in a 401k or pension fund, I would, I, would, I would carefully look to see where those funds have put the money because I think this is going to lead to something that becomes unable, they will be unable to cover it up. They will be unable to hide it because just like 2008, sooner or later the money goes missing. And these, you're talking about a generation of people that were planning on retiring based on the money that was, from the looks of it, much of it, invested into tech companies that have been bludgeoned. We saw with Twitter. I mean, Twitter was down 70% from its one-year high before Musk bought it. But Mr. Producer, A5, please. A5 is, is, is Netflix chart. 70% down. 70% down in the past six months. You know, in, in economics, a, a recession is 10 to 15% drawdown of major markets and now many of the major indexes are, are composed of these tech stocks and, and 70 percent down is that's that's a from from a fundamental standpoint that that's a, a pump and dump stock and that's you know a a, a massive billion dollar valuation company a6 please a6 is robin hood you know robin hood was a monstrosity of a company, 52-week high of $85 a share, and now it's down to $9. Again, you know, you, you start looking at these numbers, you can pretty much pull any company that you want in this sector of, of, of fintech or social tech, and they're down 70%. And this is not a small amount. This is massive amounts of money, and all of that money went somewhere. So all of that money was was pulled off the table and where did it go it, it 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 went the same place that all the covid fraud money went you had you had a push for an urgency you had a push for change you had a push for a solution that ended up falling flat on its face how many twitter users deleted their accounts how many facebook users deleted their accounts so these companies you know when musk took over twitter Twitter was, it was found that they, they had completely overstated their users. And it was all of this idea that tech was the future. Tech is the future, not because 
necessarily it is. I mean, in some sense, tech will always have a place moving forward in our life. But the degree in which they sold this to us, the importance of it, was not to save you, it's not to help you, it's not to make anything better. They wanted to get out on the top, and they did. So A7, and we're going to see this happen, and we, we, we've, we've seen this happen already, but we're going to see this happen, this one's a doozy, Carvana. Carvana was a solution to uh, ordering a car online, right? You don't deal with a, a dealership, you don't deal with a, a broker, you, 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 you do all the paperwork online and it gets delivered to you. And they're down, I mean, these are incredible numbers. It's down 81%, nearly 81% in a six-month time frame. To give that uh, perspective, its 52-week low was $55.28, down from its 52-week high, which was $376. So that number, that 80% decline, that's, that's not even on the year. It's much more than that. Really, really terrifying stuff when you realize that all of the all of the noise that the American people are seeing, all of the noise that everyone around us in other countries is seeing, is is a means to protect what these people have stood to lose. Uh, before they you didn't care about a question. I have a question, Jake. Sure. So, do you think it's because they overevaluated? That's why it's kind of tapping off, or is it because of sort of the political alignments they've taken a hard stance on, and people waking up to the reality that they don't necessarily agree with it? Is it like a purely economic thing, or is there some sort of cultural phenomenon going on where these stocks are dropping because they don't I, agree? I, I think it's, I think it's it's a combination of the two, right? We we have. You know, Netflix and uh, what, what's the other company? Spotify. Spotify refused to sign the Obamas again for their podcast deal, which is interesting. And then Netflix just dropped, I forget what the series was. They just dropped a, oh yeah, Meghan Markle, right? They dropped Meghan Markle's series. And these are, you know, even, you know, if you compare these, these media ventures or these entertainment industry ventures, the whole the whole thing is failing. The, the, so to answer your question, is it part cultural? Yes. Look at Amazon. Amazon, you know, people their their sales got hammered last quarter. Just came out, and so yeah, there are a bunch of people that probably joined alongside with us and said, "Hey, we're done buying from Amazon." You know, we'll. We're going to alternative routes of, of, of consumption. And then there's the cultural aspect of many of, I mean, many of these companies were just very similar to the dot-com crash, the dot-com bubble. You know, a lot of companies that, I mean, you look at Lyft and Uber, they've, they haven't turned a profit in years, and yet they're worth billions of dollars. How do you have a company worth billions of dollars that doesn't make any money on its own? So it's ideas. It's it's this venture capital of ideas, and now much of it, what will come to reality in the bigger picture, is that much of it was domestically facilitated robbery and destruction of the American people, and not just in the consumer class, but in the producer class, the the blue collar worker, the small business owner. You had a lot of foreign private equity firms that you know you have these these tech 
ideas, and many of them were just that. They didn't actually have any track record of performance on the books. So they're just ideas that they could get listed on an American exchange, they could have an American headquarters, and they could run up the value, which we just showed you, I have a few more to show, run up the value, and people go public, not, I mean, you know, thousands of companies go public a year, and they, half of them will fail. Half of them fail because it's not about going public, it's about fleecing the investor. And in this case, the tech sector, the fleecing of the investor was not only the financial end, what is, was also the social economic end of it for the American consumer and others. So it, it's a combination of the two, and, and they're having a very difficult time covering it. They're having a very difficult time making sure or trying to reinvent or navigate the hole they have dug. So A8 is another, no, another complete loser of a company. Before we do, I have to remind everyone that we are sponsored by IPVanish at Conserve Daily. If you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you, or you're concerned about the privacy of your identity, using incognito mode won't solve the problem either. IPVanish VPN is here to protect you, your right to privacy, and help you stay anonymous online. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, your phones, even devices like Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browser history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even if your physical location will be hidden, IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like Fire Stick, Windows Stream Media, whether in your home or in public, um, you just don't have to worry about going online anymore without IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And here is the link for that. Sorry, I put you back on the screen, Jake. But if you go to ipvanish.com slash daily, promo code daily, you get 70% off. And it's a really good deal. A lot of people around work here use it. And it's something that you should look into if you don't want to be constantly tracked by who knows who. So, sorry, Jake. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for reading that. So, <clears throat> I, I hope I answered your question, but it was this cult cult following of, of you know every kid wanting to get out of college right they've, they've leveraged themselves to the gills getting a job or you know go, getting getting a degree that they're probably not even using right now to get into the workforce and they went to all these cities to work for all these tech companies and now the jobs don't exist anymore I mean you had a two-year a two-year push of a bunch of lazy grown kids saying they wanted to work from home. No one can get anyone back. These high rises in Manhattan and all across the country, they can't get anyone back to work. And so what they will, the lesson they will show here is that the people help dig their own grave when it came to their relevance in the workforce. And so all of these tech companies, in order to maintain 
their valuations, they're going to have to chop expenses. What do, here's a question to you. What do tech companies do to chop their expenses? What do any, what does any company do to chop their expenses? They just get rid of the fat. Right. They start firing people. They start firing, downsizing and restructuring. And every single one of these companies, if they're going to want to survive, stay alive, they're going to have to start making themselves appear profitable or less losing, right? They, they, they need to stop losing the amount of money because sooner or later, all of the executives at this company or these companies, they're all paid in share, share packages. So if, they're, if their company is not doing well, which clearly these are all, all the ones we mentioned, we have a few more, are suffering immensely, they're going to get rid of the low-hanging fruit they're going to corner and cut down every expense that they can. The, the, the guys at the top will keep their job and then they'll just either replace it with outsourced foreign labor or with technology. Technology will replace, I mean, there, there's articles out now saying that insurance and mortgages, which is an industry that employs hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in this country, they're all moving to the, the way of AI. And that's the only way these companies are really going to stand a chance salvaging their, their imminent collapse. A, a, did, did you put up the Facebook stock? Did I, did I have you put up A8? I haven't yet. No, and I, I thought this was fascinating because um, the stigma was that older people are like the only ones that use Facebook. You know, companies and older people use Facebook, but even they have had their own issues. So I'll put up A8 right now. That's bad. Well, if eight, six months again, six months. And the, the, these are until I, until I, I mean, I, I, I've jumped around. Facebook is down. Meta Markets or Meta, their new name for their stock is down 37%, lesser than the, the rest. But I mean, the, these are. You know these are massive numbers that a company cannot survive. This is this is not recession territory. This is full blown crash and depression territory. And what really scares me is we have an entire society that was kind of lured into this idea that tech was going to answer all of our problems. And the only problem, the only problem it's going to leave us with is a complete financial tragedy for the average blue-collar American worker. And then it's bought them enough time <clears throat> to push out the free market, to push out the private sector of, of countless restaurants and small businesses, brick-and-mortar places, all for their endgame of running it all and controlling it on. Now, whoever got out on the high ends of this, which I'm assuming are most of the people that are, are in power in these companies or, or, or the big hedge funds, the American consumer is going to be the one left holding the bag, just like in 2008. And so as they avoid that reality coming true, which has already shown itself and, and not a whisper, right? What happens when it's 80% down? on six months for all of these companies? What happens when every pension fund or retirement fund across the country has to come to reality and say, well, 
it's gone. It's gone. Your savings, your retirement that you planned on living the last 20 years of your life on is gone. And so once again, we'll find ourselves in another situation like 08, where the government, and I've said this many times before, that a bailout this time is not a, a bailout of too big to fail. The, the amount of companies that for, for the integrity and, and survival of our economy that would be now labeled too big to fail versus 2008 is a thousandfold. It's every single one of these companies that through the feds and the Federal Reserve is the one to blame on this and, and, and the, the, the politicians that have allowed it, but through this entire money printing, money grab of the past two years, it all went into their back pockets. They all got rich. They all bought, bought their seaside estates in Malibu or Hawaii, Zuckerberg in Hawaii, and Dorsey with his seaside Dr. Evil lair in Malibu or whatever part of California he's in. And, you know, the money's gone. It's not on their hands. And now the Americans are going to have to deal with it. Every every single one of these small businesses that close was entirely the result of this, was this gig economy, the push to hide in a box, work in a box, live in a box. And and, and now it's it, it it's going to come come back to haunt us significantly as as a as a population. I have and, one more question for you real quick. So as a young person, um, you talked about pushing out of the free markets. Um, I don't quite understand NFTs, all the stuff that's online where people are investing their money, but you have people investing hundreds of thousands of dollars in virtual real estate, NFTs, where they have pictures of monkeys. Do you think that's a reaction yeah. to what you're talking about because they don't trust the source of where their money actually goes and they're looking to the internet to have some sort of value that I still don't understand? But No, that's <clears throat> that's... That's a, a, a that's a huge Ponzi scheme within itself. You know, we, I, I'll cover a few Ponzi schemes right now. Dogecoin, right? Dogecoin was a meme. Dogecoin was a joke. That if you understand how Dogecoin came to uh, J January of 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 twenty twenty one, I believe it was January of twenty twenty one, I was going to buy several thousand dollars worth of Dogecoin at, I think it was under three cents a piece. Just because I, I saw what was happening, I was like, you know, is it something that is worth anything? No, but I, I was I was going, and, and so I download this app and you have to do this thing and do this thing, and then you have to have an app that sends a code to another app. And it was just, you know, from, from a, 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 an intro to that whole process, I was like, this is ridiculous. So. I had the app still on my phone, never did anything with it. And then by the time I'm looking at it, it hit 77 cents a share. I'm like, oh, well, that's really, that's really disappointing. I would have had a, a very significant return. And then so I started looking deeper into Dogecoin. And Dogecoin only came to value when they put it on major exchanges, Robinhood being one of them. And so Robinhood... I'll put up put up ASICs again, just just for reference. Robinhood is is the the company that helped you throw up ASICs, yeah. So it's down seventy percent in a year, or six months, from eighty five to nine dollars. Now Robinhood was a company 
that, that still is. They provide uh, fee-free trading for millennials. So the retail investor that you know was was stuffed away in a box for two years in their house, trying to figure out how they could get any opportunity. You can take that down. <clears throat> yeah, figuring out how they could get any opportunity while the world fell to pieces. And so Robinhood, under this guise of luring people onto their platform for a free stock, right? There's no such thing as a free lunch. Lured these people onto the platform, fee-free trading, get a free stock, recommend a friend. But what they did, what, what they weren't showing the public that actually later came out in a, in a pretty big lawsuit that they settled for, and now their stock has been obliterated, is that they were selling retail investors trading history uh, order flow to hedge funds. And I believe the hedge fund was Citadel. So the idea of it being a rigged game is ex exactly what took place. And so when you look at what happened with Dogecoin, Dogecoin, in my, in my opinion, was, a, was an attempt from the big banks, the hedge funds, right? The private, the, the large private pools of money and facilitated by their friends in tech, which had helped these hedge funds get massively wealthy. Uh, you know, if you look at the, what happened with Carvana stock, Carvana made a, you know, massive amounts of money for these one private hedge fund. Uh, and now it's down 80% on a share, right? So well, there was a, there's a hedge fund that just exploded or imploded because of this bad trade, just one company on a bad trade. And so the NFT, uh, the whole NFT thing, you can go online and find out that they're having a serious problem with people that bought into it, realizing that this was just another Ponzi scheme. And the NFT market, it's, it's like what happened with Dogecoin. NFTs have no value. They're money laundering they're a money laundering venture and if you make a picture of a monkey and you sell it as an nft for four hundred thousand dollars on the ledger it will record as that but that doesn't mean someone actually paid for it so it's it's the amount of money that was repositioned with dogecoin from our generation the 20 something year olds and they all you know every you know as soon as a war starts in Ukraine, COVID experts turn into uh, geopolitical, international geopolitical experts. And same thing with Dogecoin. As soon as Dogecoin, you know, some kids made some money on Dogecoin, they all became, you know, Jordan Belfort's Wolf of Wall Street guys, uh, knowing everything. And they all ended up holding the bag. And so to, to answer the NFT thing, no, the NFT thing is just an even more dire attempt or more extreme attempt at fleecing the consumer, the naive consumer. Uh, it was really, really like the idea of a 24 seven slots machine available to every American in the palm of their hands. And there's no way you can win against this because the banks through entities like Robinhood were seeing what the, the retail trader was doing. So if you have access to all that data the millions of kids that are pushing their money into your platform to try to make it, you know, to try to double their money and make some money get out because they're so desperate because of the current situation in the world to put them in. There was no winning. There was no getting out because the back end, all that data can be run 
through an algorithm and say, oh, this stock is, is about ready to dump. It's about ready to die. So let's sell, let's sell out. And so the head, you know, the hedge funds were playing, the, the, the big banks were in conjunction with the tech companies were colluding to actively and directly defraud all of their consumers, all of their, all, all, all you know, it's, it's the, the, the level of financial malfeasance and criminality that is taking place. And it's just the American people are a punching bag for this. The last, last one I have for, for the, the stocks, it's uh, a 10 Starbucks. You know, this is, these are, these are legacy companies or companies that claim to be legacy companies that it's down. That's actually the one that's down the least 33% down in uh, on the past six months. But again, a recession is defined as over, I believe, 12 to 15% drawback. And that's, we're far beyond that. I mean, the, the, the lesser of the 10 I've shown is down 33%. So we're, we're entirely in crash and, you know, depression territory. And now it's, it's the next, you know, smoke and mirror show that concerns me of what they're going to have to do to really keep the cat in the bag on this one. Would you say buying so, an NFT is kind of like buying a uh, Hunter Biden crack pipe picture? I mean, but they know that they're yeah. defrauding themselves because they know that they're wasting well, their money. No, I mean, if you're making the comparison to like Hunter Biden's art, then yes, it's 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 a, you have these you have these schemes right there's a saying on wall street you know you should get out of wall street when your your barber starts giving you advice on uh, stock tips and that's really what unfolded in front of all of us all of these these people that are entirely inexperienced in doing what they do and yet they're you know they're speaking to it as you know professionals in the industry and so it is it is similar to that in that the the whole I mean, I saw, I, I was in, in circles of guys talk, talking to this, about this, he, like overhearing them when this was really coming out like this, oh man, you guys, you guys are really just doubling down. You're, you're just really seeing how much you can squeeze the American people and just not even American people, everyone for this. I mean, look at what these, you have these the third world countries that made Bitcoin legal tender and El Salvador made some big stunt of, of, of buying however much and chopping it up and making it legal tender and, and giving it to the people. And I think they bought all of their Bitcoin reserves, which is the founding fathers who said that gold and silver were the only currencies, you know, an actual asset-backed currency was the only way for currency to exist in, in the country. They, they'd be rolling in their grave. And so it's, it's it's truly a pandemic of financial criminality that has been committed to all the people. And, and, and the last question that the people are going to have to find the answer to is, where did all the money go? And that 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 is going to be a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow because a lot of people bought into this with the idea that they were doing it out of virtue. The idea that they were doing it for the good of the people and that they would be rewarded. And in the end, the only reward they're going to end up with is complete slavery to, to their, their choices, their, their, their negligence in making those choices. 
and the future of, of you know college savings, retirement savings, planning planning for the future of them and their family. It's it's really it's really an ugly situation that has been allowed in into all of uh, American everyday life. So, no, do you have that. the uh, do you have the last do you have the last ad? Sorry, I'm, I'm not I, finding it on my drive. I do. Um, I will read that for you right now. Just want to remind everyone that we are sponsored by Crowd Health. If you are a member of any health insurance company, you know that your health is being bought to sold to the highest bidder. And we need to make sure that you know that Crowd Health exists. Crowd Health isn't health insurance. That's why it works. There are no deductibles, networks, complicated exclusions, or co-pays. You can see any doctor. You pay the first $500 and submit any bills from there. Crowd Health is putting the community back in community health care. You pay one low monthly total to fund your account, less than $200 a month for most people. 100% of your monthly contributions directly funds and reduces the health care costs of the community. Unlike insurance, CrowdHealth succeeds by keeping its members happy, not by driving up the price. It helps members shop for great care at a fair price, makes the payments to the doctors and members as quickly as possible, and negotiates the community's behalf when unexpected bills arise. So stop paying health insurance companies your hard-earned dollars. Go to joincrowdhealth.com and now experience freedom from your health insurance. Oh, sorry about that. CrowdHealth is not a health insurance company. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply. Shoot, very good at that. Thank Thanks you. for the read. So to wrap it up, we uh, the, the 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 reality that the the pill that a lot of people are not going to want to swallow but will be forced to in the end is that very little of this was done. Actually, none of it was done for your health. It was done under the disguise of your health. But this was the giant repositioning of capital of the working class of, of people all across the world. Hundreds of millions worldwide have been thrust into poverty as a result of this social do-goodery that was sold to everyone. Third world countries are collapsing. Their, their economies couldn't sustain it's not not even that they couldn't sustain it it's those those countries are actually more in check with the reality that you can't print you can't print yourself out of a crisis you it, it, you know the the bill's going to get paid sooner or later and so you have third world countries that are entering into serious food shortages social unrest and it's just a matter of time before that trickles down into the first world countries and we're starting to see it. You know, we're starting to see it in American grocery stores. The behavior of Americans as as a whole. Uh, fatal car accidents have gone up twenty five percent. People are detached. People are panicking. People, whether they'll admit it or not, people have been pushed off their rockers. They've been their equilibrium has been screwed up to to make this all possible, and so. If, if the American people really want to work themselves out of this situation, looking at the matter for what it is and understanding it is the best thing that you can do. Otherwise, the bag's just going to get pulled over your head time and time again. And, and there, there's, 
there's very little time left for the average American to really process what's happened and, and start planning and changing their lifestyles accordingly to all of this. So, you know, we, we, we talked about Musk buying Twitter and and on the the tail of, of him purchasing it, the administration comes out and creates a ministry of truth, put puts up the most extreme radical leftist. She's a combination between Lauren Whitmer, I mean, this woman is terrible, Nina Jankowitz, and she stood behind the Steele dossier, she stood behind the Hunter Biden laptop, she stood behind the, the Russian collusion hoax, and now, now the establishment is, is aiming to control truth and, and narrative, and all of this really factoring into what is coming in November. We covered in the beginning the the specialists, the experts are coming out saying, you know, get ready for COVID again. So really, I, I, I'm convinced that there's going to be this blatantly Orwellian push. We saw it with a ministry of truth, uh, blatantly Orwellian push to really put the last nail in the coffin on the American people. A11, Mr. this was a this was a, a cut from CNN going on and on the establishment not knowing what to do, not knowing how to react to the tide starting to turn for the American public. And, and, and they're up in arms that Musk has purchased Twitter and now taken over the ability to do what they do, but it's not up to him to do it because that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be the ones that determine what is truth and what is not. So A11, please. No, I think there's a bigger problem that when we focus on the personalities of people like Elon Musk and people say, oh, I think Elon's thinking this or that. There's a bigger problem here about how we are going to control the channels of communication mm -hmm. in this country. In 1927, we had the Radio Act. 1934, the Communications Act. Congress stepped in. We made rules. FCC wasn't great, but it's still regulating the broadcast industry. You right, can't use yes. vulgar language. You can't do all these things with speech. We gave over our, uh, what amounts to our airwaves or our internet waves to Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. And we are in so much trouble because those guys believe in making money. We've already seen that with the 2016 election mm -hmm. in Zuckerberg when he was taking rubles for ads from Russia and saying, oh, I think it's crazy to think they had any influence on this election. Mm -hmm. Musk is the same. Musk doesn't want it. Oh, you know, he's upset with the SEC, tried to, how dare they question him? You know what I'm saying? This is dangerous. We can't think anymore in this country. We don't have people. No, I'm serious. We don't have people in Congress who can make regulations that can make it work. I think we can look to the Western countries in Europe for how they are trying to limit it. But you need you need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. We are there. Trump opened the gates of hell and now they're chasing us down. Wait, we got to get it. I mean, the absurdity of that is, 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 is mind-blowing. We cannot allow them to control the narrative only because the ability to control the narrative has shifted hands. And it's shifted hands to someone that, to them, is unqualified to carry the agenda, un unqualified to indoctrinate f f uh, the American people from the script that they find suitable. And so, well, to round it out... Who controlled the narrative... Before Trump, uh, the 
the entire the the entire tech oligarchy. What what Americans are going to realize is that there there was tech was hired as an assassin. Tech was hired as the Trojan horse of the past, I would say, six years, where all of these companies got off the ground. They took all of this money. They changed the trajectory of the American way of life. And now, as the free market, because we, we in America are the closest thing, even though there's so much regulation, we are the closest thing that exists in the entire world to a free market in which companies rise and fall at the whim of the American consumer. Though it may take time, which is what we've witnessed, the companies ultimately must collaborate and cooperate with the American consumer if they want to stay relevant. I mean, look at every major brand that has either thrived or died. Coca-Cola is one of them. Coca-Cola is a company that jumped on the woke bandwagon and they saw their sales drop off. Netflix, everyone we covered today, that is the reality that has has taken place and that is really the only w way out of this. So we, we've always said shop local, go buy things secondhand, don't fall into fads, don't fall into every every measure that is being pushed to strip sovereignty away from Americans way of living and not even just in in a political sense or a freedom of speech sense it's a, a freedom to transact a freedom to socialize a freedom to engage and for the remainder of the year this is going to be the resounding uh, talking point from the establishment is that the American people, even though the American people have come to grow and learn what is best for them as a result of all of this abuse and robbery and tyranny over the past few years, American people are really coming around to learn that lesson. The entire narrative is going to shift from the establishment, the media and, and, and the politicians that the Americans don't know what's best for them and they're just going to become more and more blatant and double down on it and i think the perfect example of where a crossroads of, of financial failure and social failure have have come together is i don't have the article but i'll, I'll read it out is uh, the indiana attorney general just sued black lives matter over donations and transparency so a very large development as we start looking into the relationship between blm and everything the entire involvement of the organization in affecting the election in 2020 whether it was from you know boots on the ground violence and insurgency but now, again, like every stock we went through, every company we went through, the, the, the entire situation we explained, this is the reality of what Americans are going to have to deal with in their own personal situations. This is a good parable to how fraud and deception come home to roost. So last, last thing I'm going to read over before we, we close it out. An attorney general has launched the most aggressive legal action against Black Lives Matter yet. 
Indiana AG Todd Rokita filed a lawsuit against activist group Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation on Thursday. The suit is Rokita's latest move in his investigation of the group's finances and use of donations. But I filed a lawsuit against BLM organization to protect Hoosiers from this house of cards. It's a great way of putting it. House of cards. All the tech, tech industry, it's all a house of cards. Music is slowing, and, and, and sooner or later, people are going to have to start looking for a chair. BLM has concerning patterns of behavior and will do what it takes to get to the bottom of it on behalf of generous, uh, generous Hoosiers who have donated to them. Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, the national arm of the BLM movement, has come under increasing scrutiny over its handling of the tens of millions of dollars it has received in donations. Lawsuit demands BLM respond to investigative demands filed in February of this year. So, you know, this is, this is coming on the tail of the, the founders paying for all of their, their, their trips and buying uh, portfolios of real estate across, uh, across the country. So this is, as I said, a good parable to what the American people are going to have to understand and, and, and deal with moving forward. Anyone, that, anyone that's 25 and over, maybe 30 and over, remembers 2008, maybe they don't understand it, but my suggestion to you would be that you do. You figure it out. You figure out exactly what happened because it happened over again. It was, it was a, a, a more all-encompassing, the situation they have thrust upon us is a more encompassing 2008 that will affect Americans significantly worse when, when it finally comes home to roost. So, we're out of time, aren't we, Mr. Producer? Well, we're about out of time, yes, sir. Do you want to do the honors of where people can find us? I would love to. So I apologize. I was a little raspy today. And I apologize. Greg put his car in a ditch. A little raspy. Uh, Southeast uh, United States has some of the worst pollen and allergies right now. So I uh, <clears throat> can barely see Mr. Producer. So if you want to find us, you can find us at conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, CloutHub, and Frank Speech for those video listenings and viewings. You can also, by the way, before I go into the audio, smash that rumble button. We need more smashers on that rumble button. Oh, and then I also forgot, Joe is on Truth Social. You can follow Joe at Joe Altman and at Conservative Daily for our side. If you want to listen to the audio version, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Please make sure to give us five stars. Definitely helps us out. And then if you need a little reminder of where we're at and what we're doing, you can text FREEDOM to 89517. That's text FREEDOM, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517. And I believe I covered those. Well, thank you, Mr. Producer. I am your host, Jake Freo. Tonight we will be back. Fortunately, Apollo will be in the room. We don't, do we have a guest tonight? Uh, I do, don't do. believe we have a guest tonight, but I will double check. Okay. Alrighty. Well, we'll see everyone. We're out of time for today. We'll see everyone. Let me get this right. Five, four, four mountain time. We'll be streaming live on Frank's speech and that puts us six Eastern standard time. So we'll see you soon. Thanks for watching. Have a good day.